everyone. Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland. This is Jules and I'm sharing some common expensive mistakes that probably far too many travelers in Iceland make unknowingly. If you've already planned a trip to Iceland or you have been planning a trip to Iceland, you might be aware just from looking at prices of some things that traveling, of course, like to the country, literally on a plane uh, or any type of transportation that you used to get here. Some people even come by boat, which is interesting. And of course, around Iceland can quickly drain money from your bank account. And while it's true that like the country is quite expensive, your experience does not have to break the bank. And this is coming from someone who has purposefully been traveling around in many different ways, whether it's a camper van, staying in hotels, Airbnbs, and, and different types of accommodation, just to kind of test out what would be not as expensive. And of course, the more expensive options to see what's worth it. So for this episode, though, I'm definitely going to be focusing on five things in particular. And in future episodes, I do plan to share a budget breakdown of some of the modes of transportation as well as accommodations that I just spoke about. So make sure that you're subscribed on whichever platform that you listen to this podcast on so you don't miss out on when I drop that information. While all of these will definitely save you money in different forms, number three is a really interesting one and I'm actually really excited to share it because I find it quite ingenious. So just make sure that you listen all the way through because I feel like, of course, all five totally helpful. But number three, super interesting. And I think many tourists will find it handy. All right, so let's get into these expensive mistakes to avoid. The first one is before you even leave Keplavik Airport. So that's the international airport that you land in when you arrive in the country. It's heavily recommended, at least from me and probably some other blogs or sources that you might have read, that you stock up on alcohol if, you, of course, you like to drink at duty free. This is one of those things where there is a limit. So, you know, there, it depends on like how many bottles you're buying, but just to kind of give you an idea as to why this is important for those who like to have their spirits, beer, wine, whichever one, you know, is your preference, maybe all of them, is that in Iceland, alcohol is so heavily taxed and the government basically has a monopoly on the selling of alcohol. And so in duty-free, you can save up to 30% of the cost that you would pay in the state-owned stores around the country. So those state-owned stores are called Wienbudens, so literally the wine stores. And like I mentioned, they have the monopoly, specifically on buying spirits and wine. It's the case now, and it was actually really recent. I think it was like this summer where breweries can actually start to sell directly to consumers. So all these years <laughs> that's... Iceland has had alcohol. It's really recent that, you know, state-owned stores are not the only ones who can sell, you know, high alcohol beer. But when it comes to spirits and wine, that is still the case. And of course, you can buy individual drinks at bars, but just know that that will be expensive too. And going to a happy hour at a bar, if that's of interest, still kind of expensive, but less of, you know, than their normal prices. And if you're curious about the cost of a drink, it is not uncommon for a drink or a cocktail to be $20, for beer to be $15. And this is actually depending on the exchange rate. So beer, I would say more around like with exchange rate for the US dollar, which is really good for people who have US dollar now, it might be around like $12. But in the past, 
with the fluctuations, it can go up to like 12, 13, 14, $15. And of course, cocktails, definitely over $20. Like that is not even something that um, I see often under that, unless it's at a happy hour where it might go down to $18. If you're lucky, maybe 15. (laughs) So for those who enjoy that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying any of these things, but of course, spirits, bubbly, all those, you know, champagne, whatever it is that you want to try, getting what you can at duty free will save you a decent amount of money. And then of course, if you need to stock up at Wienbuden's or the Sedon stores, you can definitely do that. But at least initially you're saving somewhere around 30% of the cost. I am putting together my favorite happy hour places and will definitely be sharing those in the near future, which I'm pretty excited about. Number two, or the next expensive mistake is taking a taxi from the airport. So most visitors are not aware that Uber, Lyft, or any type of ride sharing program legally exists in Iceland. And yes, I had to say legally because technically there is one on Facebook. I won't be sharing it just because I don't want to, you know, promote anything that's a legal activity, but just as FYI. And the taxis therefore have a monopoly. So the ride ends up being costly. And this is unfortunate, you know, for people who want to maybe have a service like Uber Lyft, which has made it less expensive in other places, but that's just currently how it is. And people might not know that if they're at the airport, there's a taxi waiting, that taxi ride, which is 40 to 45 minutes of a drive from Reykjavik, could be and is, I even looked it up on one of the taxi companies, exchange rate wise is over $123. Yeah. So, and that's the price though for up to four people. So if you were to split that among four people, obviously that's not bad, but if it's only one person or if it's two people, then it's quite high for most people. Of course, if you're hearing this and you think, I don't care about paying $123, then go for it. You know, there's, I don't have anything against people splurging their money, or if it's not something that would make a significant difference to you for you to use it. But I do know that there are enough people that come to Iceland that would like to use their money wisely in terms of for their budgets, I should say. I'm not saying anybody who spends that much is not using it wisely, but I think you're going to know what I'm trying to say. It's just people have a set amount that they they can use. And so, you know, if you're one of the individuals who don't want to pay as much, then you can take the fly bus which is around $23 a person. And like I mentioned though, like if you think about the taxi price, the 123 split between four people is around $30 per person. So that isn't bad, honestly, when you compare it to the fly bus. But again, like, you know, if it's just one or two, I feel like it's quite a lot of money. And then if it's more than that, in terms of like five people or more, the price goes up significantly as well. So just take that with the, you know, grain of salt for your budget. And make sure to know before you take off in the taxi how much it's going to cost you. Because if you change your mind, usually one of the transfer buses are right there and they run quite frequently. The third mistake is not being properly dressed for Icelandic weather, which of course can result in you feeling cold, wet, and all around miserable, which can literally put a damper on your vacation. So a lot of people come to Iceland thinking they have packed well enough. And I think it is fair, especially if you're from a place that maybe you're not used to winter or the wind hits you differently when you get here. You might be used to winter, but it's just the way you experience it. Iceland feels different to you. And 
it can be the case that while you're in the country, you feel cold enough. And this can happen in summertime too. Summertime, wintertime for sure. When you want to go out searching for the northern lights and realizing that maybe what you packed is just not keeping you warm enough. This can result in you feeling like you need to buy a warmer coat or if you didn't have like, a, you know, shoes that you feel are appropriate, such as like waterproof boots or for like hiking or anything, you might end up, you know, wanting to buy those. That can be very expensive in Iceland. So VAT is like 24%, which is on top of the price of the thing already. And then clothing in general in Iceland can be quite expensive. The good news is that I have a little hack for you. If you ever find yourself in Iceland and you need extra layers, but you don't want to spend a bunch of money on buying some new clothing, like for instance, maybe too much for your suitcase or your budget, or you just don't want to buy it. I partnered with Iceland Cover for this episode because their business is based around an ingenious idea. So they are a company that rents out warm, waterproof, and windproof parkas, boots, pants, beanies, raincoats, you know, like crampons, although those are not, you know, in terms of like clothing, but still super useful, especially for wintertime. And I personally tested out the parka and the boots, which both of those are vegan friendly and really warm and amazing. So I went behind waterfalls that would typically soak through a regular parka that's not waterproof. I stomped in puddles with the boots. I even went Northern Lights hunting on a pretty chilly night, staying out for hours. And I was very happy with how the clothes held up because I wanted to make sure that they would be adequate to protect me from the wind, the rain, chilly air, everything. And they definitely held up really well in Iceland. And of course, you know, after testing them out, I was so happy to partner with them because I know that this can come up for people. I've, I've heard people talk about like coming to Iceland, having forgotten to pack, you know, something that we like a pair of boots or just not having enough room in their suitcase, whatever it may be. And if you're a person who is like carry on only, for instance, this is really great because you might more have more limited things with you. And what's lovely too, is that they're conveniently located in the downtown area, literally the center on the famous shop, shopping street, Lögerbeger. And so they share the same building as the What's On Information Center, which, you know, if, for people who need inf additional information on ideas like what to do in Iceland, you could go to that What's On Center. But let's just say you want to get something, one of these items or all of them delivered, you can even pay a fee and they deliver it right to you where you are. So that's really nice too. And of course, the rentals are very affordable. So for instance, I just looked at like one of the parkas their rental starts at approximately $29 for one day. However, if you need it for more than one day, the price for the rental drops dramatically with each additional day. And to me, what's even better is that you can save 10% off your entire rental cost, whether it's a parka, boots, pants, the beanie, crampons, raincoat, whatever, when you use my code, all things. And I have, of course, that written down in the show notes. So of course, a link to them as well as in the show notes. And you can find that on my website, allthingsiceland.com forward slash expensive dash mistakes dash Iceland. So while I think this company can be useful for anyone, I could for sure see it coming in handy for those who I mentioned, you know, maybe who aren't used to cold temperatures, or if you're like me and you get cold easily and you just need some extra layers on you. So 
I hope you check out Iceland Cover. Like I mentioned, I had fun utilizing their clothes. And of course, they wash everything once someone uses it. And so once you get it, it's nice and fresh and good to go. Number four is buying bottled water in Iceland. You might not think that would be considered that expensive, but as we have talked about, a lot of things in this country are expensive. However, water straight from the tap is free. And I know you might be thinking, what if it doesn't taste good? Well, I'm happy to let you know, if you weren't aware, that Icelandic water is some of the most delicious and fresh water in the world. So being filtered through lava rock, coming from glaciers. I mean, you can go out and get water fresh from streams in Iceland and it's totally fine for you to drink and to consume without any issues. And, you know, it's the case though around the world that access to fresh, delicious water straight from the tap is not a luxury that many people get to experience daily. So thankfully though, Iceland does have that privilege But when people come here, if where you're from, you're just used to buying water or you don't like the taste of the tap or you literally cannot drink from the tap where you're from, then it might be just a normal thing for you to buy bottled water. But like I mentioned, you know, it's not inexpensive in Iceland to buy bottled water. And also it's not very good for the environment either. So in terms of like cost to the environment to have all this plastic usage, So I always recommend bringing a reusable water bottle with you and filling it up with a tap water from, you know, literally the sink or from the streams, like getting it straight from the streams in the countryside. One caveat, though, is that the hot water in Iceland does often have a rotten egg smell. It's just sulfur for the geothermal areas where the water is being pumped from. It is not harmful and it is more than safe to shower in. I will say that like when I first experienced it and I was showering, taking a hot shower and I smelled the sulfur, I was just like, oh no, I'm going to smell like sulfur. You don't. You don't smell like sulfur. It does evaporate off of your skin. I promise. I've experienced it. and I'm, I live to tell the tale. It really isn't that bad. But the way around that is I just recommend running the cold water first for a few seconds before filling up your cup or bottle to avoid the sulfur smell. If you were to use the hot water and fill up your bottle, if you just let it sit and the the smell would evaporate off, but it just takes longer. And of course, then it would cool down anyway. So just as an FYI. Number five is that there are many amazing restaurants to enjoy in the country. I'm a big fan of going out to eat every once in a while because it is expensive, but you might find, because you're on vacation, and I do this when I'm on vacation too, is that I want to try so many things. I want to eat out more often than I would when I'm at home. But in Iceland, you can easily rack up a cost of $100 per person each day and not on like necessarily fancy food. That's the thing that's kind of, you know, you could easily eat like fast food here and still have that cost. So what makes food in Iceland expensive, of course, is that a lot of it's being imported. And then you also have the over, overhead of paying salaries. So those things wrapped up and get together often create a higher cost for the food, you know, because you're getting people who are serving you that have a livable wage, you know, nothing wrong with that. But it's just something to be aware of in terms of if you are budgeting or if you don't want to have to spend that much all all the time, like every day in essence. So ways around that, of course, are going to the supermarkets and the less expensive ones are Bonus or Cronon. And there you can get like snacks for, you know, whatever treats you want to have. 
breakfast foods, lunch foods. And then my, you know, idea or at least suggestions for some people is during dinner time, that's when you can go out and eat. And I'm not saying this has to be every day, but if you were looking to cut down on it, not being a hundred dollars per person per day, this is one way to think of it. So bakeries though, in, and if you don't have any restrictions on like what kind of bread you eat or like cheeses or whatever, they can actually be quite inexpensive if you're not trying to do like a sit down breakfast, because then even like the sit down breakfasts in the hotels that don't have maybe, you know, the most like luxurious items or anything, those can still be at least $20 and you're just getting things that are kind of basic for a buffet. And so you might end up finding yourself thinking like, oh, you know, I'll just go to the store and buy ingredients for the food that I want. And honestly, I think that's worth it. I've done it plenty of times. And if you don't want to make your own sandwiches, there's usually a lot of sandwiches that are pre-made. But I would check the price of those because some of them can be affordable and then others are like, you know, $15 or $14. And you're like, what? That's a simple sandwich. <laughs> so even with price comparison, you can end up buying all the ingredients for that and making multiples of that sandwich for what would have been the price of one pre-made one. Also, one kind of fun thing is when you're going out to eat, I like to look and see if there's a three course dinner or multiple course dinner on the menu because oftentimes having that three course dinner, which could be like, let's just say it was a hundred dollars, right? It's less expensive than doing a la carte. And that's just, of course, like if you're interested in really kind of trying some interesting things on the menu, but again, like I don't do this all the time. So this is something that like I purposefully look for places that have a three course menu where it's pretty obvious that if I ordered a la carte, you know, then it's just a better deal. And I, of course, restaurants set it up that way too. But if you want to also pair your meal, your three course or whatever many courses with wine, you can expect to double the price of your bill. And that's just how it is, again, because alcohol is so expensive. So before moving on, though, to the random fact of the episode, I'd like to give another shout out to Ice and Cover for sponsoring this episode. I feel I really think it's such a fun way and cool way to stay warm and dry in Iceland without breaking the bank. If you find yourself needing extra layers, like I mentioned, parkas, coats, waterproof shoes, as well as beanies, crampons. And crampons, I would definitely look into if you're coming during winter because of all the ice. But yeah, but the parkas are too waterproof. Like everything really held up well. So remember to use my code all things to get 10% off your entire rental cost. All right. So the random fact about Iceland, and this is according to an article on Iceland Monitor from this year. So a little earlier this year, it says since 2016, Iceland and Switzerland have taken turns being Europe's most expensive countries. This is according to a report by another news in, like publisher, mbet.is, and it bases information on figures from Eurostat regarding, regarding total compensation expenditures of private households. So Europe's highest price levels were in Switzerland in 2016, 2019, 2020, in Iceland in 2017, 2018. So Iceland and Switzerland just kind of go back and forth. And just like, interestingly enough, price levels in Iceland in 2020 were more than 40% higher than the EU average, 
While in Switzerland, they were nearly 70% higher than the EU average. I have been to Switzerland and I was pretty like taken aback by how expensive things were food wise too. I enjoyed it. I specifically went to Zurich and I enjoyed it, but I was like, wow, this actually makes Iceland seem not as expensive. And I was right in terms of now that I see these, you know, figures I'm reading about how much more expensive Switzerland can be. But, you know, such is life. But keep that in mind. You know, if you've been to other European places, just know that on average, Iceland can be 48% higher. It, it totally makes up for it, though, that like a lot of the activities here are free. So like going to the national parks and a lot of them, unless you have to pay for some parking, but they're very nominal fees. But actually the access to the nature is free any time of the day. So that's awesome. And then, you know, water totally free and different aspects, fresh air, really just trying to make sure, you know, that there, there are a lot of benefits to coming here, even though it can be decently expensive, depending on what it is that you're buying. The Icelandic word of the episode is deer. And yes, it does sound like the animal deer, but it's deer. And it literally just means expensive. And so if I were to say that is expensive, so deer changes to deer because we're talking about a neutral it off, but yeah, just a random use of this word. But yeah, if you ever want to think of something that is expensive in Iceland, you can just think of the word deer and that may or may not be helpful because then maybe you'll think of the animal, but just wanted to share that for the episode, just kind of give you another Icelandic word to randomly be able to use. I hope you found this information helpful. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Takk at dere, kærligere fyrir at klusta og sjæmst flyttlega.